Chapter Eighteen of Clogshop Chronicles by John Ackworth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Zeal of Thine House, Five, at last. During the renovation of the chapel, the clog shop became a sort of general office. The building committee, which had been formed by a strictly temporary enlargement of the trustees' meeting, was supposed to meet in Jabe's parlour every Friday evening but in reality it could never be said to have suspended its sittings and the friday night meetings became mere perfunctory ceremonies which formally closed the week's work the super had informed them that to be strictly in order all decisions must be confirmed by the trustees and the fortnightly meeting of that body though brief was a solemnly important affair and invested the members of it with much of the same sense of dignified responsibility that supports the lord's commissioners when delivering the royal assent which makes a mere bill an act of parliament now silas the chapel-keeper had been made a committee-man and had not the least idea of allowing his office to become a sinecure sometimes indeed his functions seemed in danger of clashing the one with the other the chapel-keeper getting in the way of the committee-man or vice versa which led to some mental perturbation silas however had an adequate idea of what was required of him and as he had also much leisure and more zeal he was a most prominent member of the building board vested with his new authority he became a sort of self-appointed inspector of works of the most lynx-eyed and incorruptible character and a thorn in the side of the workmen on that memorable monday morning when long ben and his workmen arrived on the premises to commence operations they found silas waiting for them at the gate dangling his keys in his hand and evidently fully sensible of the honour and responsibility vested in him as he inserted the key into the front door he turned round and eyed the two tool-laden apprentices with suspicious and admonitory looks as he said "Nah, you lads none o' your gams you're no going into a menagerie or a alehouse mind you when they began the work of removing the front pews silas found himself in difficulties if he stood by and watched the workmen every stroke of the hammer sent a thrill through him and their light-hearted manner made his blood boil but if he left them he was tortured with apprehensions of the sacrilege they might be committing presently in the pleasant excitement of the work one of the boys began to hiss a tune through his teeth and in a few moments the hiss grew into a whistle what shouted silas coming in from the graveyard and glaring fiercely at the offender whistling thy gormless wastrel dost know wheer thou art a day or two later as a high wind was blowing and the chapel became very draughty the other apprentice ventured to put on his cap and was unconscious of the enormity of his crime until the cap was sent flying from his head and silas stood over him shaking his fist and shouting for shame o thyself wheer hast been brought up and then turning to the other workmen who were sheepishly removing their head coverings he gave them an up-to-date exposition of the awful examples of uzzah and the rash men of bethshemesh later on silas was haunted with suspicion that smoking occasionally took place in the vestry and had elaborated the most ingenious plan for discovering the offender when a much more serious difficulty presented itself when the bricklayers arrived one morning to commence pulling down the back premises preparatory to building the new schoolroom silas discovered that pot dick 
an avowed sceptic from brogdon was amongst the number he saw him arrive with silent amazement and as dick was passing round towards the back of the chapel to commence work silas stopped him what thee sithy if thou puts a finger upon those owl stones all all chuck thee o'er that war as silas was slight and painfully thin and pot dick a burly sixteen stoner this terrible threat only made the bricklayer smile but at that moment long ben appeared on the scene and the outraged chapel-keeper at once attacked him ben seemed inclined to argue the point and so silas fetched jabe and sam speck and after a long wrangle he carried his point and the master bricklayer was requested to remove the obnoxious workman encouraged by this victory the chapel-keeper stood guard over his beloved charge and so lectured and badgered the workman that ben's position as chief contractor became a very difficult one indeed as the new part of the building began to rise on its foundations silas also took upon himself the role of chief exhibitor and getting possession somehow of a number of technical building terms he amazed and mystified the villagers by entirely incomprehensible descriptions in which pullasthers mullions corbills and cornishes frequently appeared while strange visitors went away profoundly impressed with the transcendent abilities of our architect when the front window was nearly finished silas made a grand discovery and for several days every person visiting the building was taken across the road to get a view of the window and was then informed under inviolable bonds of secrecy they tell me as that window's pure gothic brogdin church windows are skyleet to it to the workmen however silas became a perfect terror if they inadvertently trod on a grave or laid anything upon the packing sheets covering the pulpit and communion rail he was down upon them with unexampled fierceness and a joiner who absently began singing rule britannia was not allowed to forget his enormous transgression for weeks at last the badgered labours began to resent these things murmurs broke out protests were made and one saturday after paying the wages long ben adjourned to the clog shop in a very perplexed frame of mind he sighed heavily as he sank into his accustomed seat and began to fill his pipe but as the others were deep in a discussion as to whether sovereignty or wheat and tares would be the best tune to commence with on the opening day he was unheeded in a few moments however unable longer to contain himself he burst out i'll tell you what it is chaps if ever the chapel's to be opened out you'll at a muzzle yonder crater in the chapel yard every eye was turned instantly on the speaker and as he leaned back in the chimney nook with a decided i've had my say and mean it look on his face jabe drawled out as he poked his little finger into the bowl of his pipe ay rots is alice down a tarriers ben vouchsafed no reply he was too busy with his own thoughts at length he observed we stat a get him out o the road some road ay said two or three at once and laughed incredulously at the absurdity of such an idea oh, i shouldn't like for to be the mon to mention sich a thing to him said sam speck you couldn't poo him out o' beckside just now we horses and chains said jabe with deep conviction but there are other reasons why he should be got away at once broke in the doctor who was present everybody turned to look at the speaker interrogatively and long ben asked somewhat eagerly what done you mean doctor 
i mean that unless he gets a complete change at once we shall lose him there was a long pause during which surprise deepened into anxiety on every face as they looked meaningly at each other and ben's gradually assumed a very conscience-stricken expression but just then silas appeared on the scene and though to those who had heard the doctor's statement he looked more worn and haggard than ever he at once commenced an animated discussion on the to him obnoxious proposal to put a patent ventilator on the roof in the midst of the debate the doctor rose to go and jabe and ben followed him out don you mean it doctor asked ben anxiously when they got outside about silas i do mean it it is a very serious case it is only his interest in that old building that is keeping him up ben heaved a great sigh and began to pull his straggling beard very nervously whilst jabe turning his head away and gazing far up the hill asked in a husky voice don you think as thou chapilas has had out to do with it think i'm sure of it the two stewards shot quick glances at each other and instantly dropped their eyes to the ground and as they stood there rubbing the dust with uneasy feet remembrances of silas's long and voluntary services and of appeals he had made for improvements in his little cottage came home to them and added bitterness to the sorrow of the moment at last jabe broke out he mun go choose what he says and choose what it cosses he mun be tatten away if he winna go to this the other two agreed and jabe and ben went back to the shop next morning silas was not in his usual place at the schoolhouse which was the temporary place of worship and it was soon known that he was in bed with the doctor attending him he seemed to rally however about tuesday and after the week night service jabe and ben went to have their tussle with the patient taking the minister and the doctor with them the chapel keeper heard the proposal with intense indignation and refused peremptorily to have the question discussed when however the doctor and the minister had spoken seriously to him and he began to fear having to give way he lost his temper accused ben of interested motives called him a force owd schamer and then gave himself away by threatening him with all sorts of dire vengeance when he came back ben endured his chastisement with great meekness and said coaxingly if thou go to the seaside we'll say no more about the ventilator and thou's tak a picture of the chapel with thee sam speck shall go with thee for company and thou's come back i time for the opening art visiting the seaside was not so common in lancashire in those days and silas and his friend were the only becksiders who enjoyed the luxury that season but neither the distinction thus achieved nor the load of little comforts that were heaped upon him to take with him nor all of the promises of his friends to write to him compensated in silas's mind for his painful separation from his beloved charge all the day before his departure he followed long ben about instructing cautioning and even threatening him until ben was glad when evening came and next morning the coach was kept standing some time outside the chapel while silas gave his final directions a few days later jabe sat dozing in the inglenook with ben as his only companion there's twenty-five pound rung between thee and me said the carpenter jabe responded with an unintelligible grunt oh think o fun away square in it continued ben the doctor says he'll give me ten pound and nancy of the pout'll give me another and with that twenty-five job's done what's done 
"'What art talking about?' cried Jabe, waking up and rubbing his eyes. "'Pooing Silas's house down and building a bether afore he comes warm,' was the reply. Jabe stopped in the middle of a vast yawn, transfixed Ben with his eyes, as if to look him through, and sat gazing thus at him, while the whole project was passing in review before his mind. He saw at once the discrepancy between Ben's figures and the probable cost of the new cottage, and did not need the least hint as to how Ben, who would of course build it, meant to make up the deficiency. With this exception the proposal was exactly to his mind, and so after stipulating that the matter should be kept out of the weekly letter to Silas, so that thou'd lad can come back to a grand surprise, he gave his consent to the scheme, and in fact came so near to paying Ben a compliment for his thoughtfulness, that that worthy had some difficulty in concealing his surprise. In course of time the chapel drew near to completion. The date of the opening was fixed. Band practices in preparation for the great event were in full swing, and Ben was pushing rapidly on with Silas's cottage. Letters of painful elaborateness were received weekly from the absentees, which, whilst they contained innumerable questions about the progress of the renovation, very pointed and peremptory messages to the committee, and impatient demands as to when they might come home, gave only the most cursory information about the patient. At last word was sent that Silas might return, and two days later the old coach landed him and Sam at the chapel gate, where a knot of Beckside worthies had gathered to welcome them. Silas had to be helped out, and a glance of sad meaning passed round as the onlookers scanned his yellow face. But Silas scarcely saw them. Disengaging himself from Sam's arm, and waving his friends back for a moment, he leaned on his stick, and standing in the middle of the road, drew a long heavy breath, as his shining eyes feasted themselves on the now-finished chapel front. "'Eh! But isn't it grand?' he cried out at length, and then dropping his stick and waving his hands over his head, he cried, "'Beautiful for situation! The jay of the whole earth is Mount Zion! Eh, chaps! Clough ends a coil-oil to it!' Then he entered the chapel yard, passing his new cottage without noticing it, and after looking eagerly and delightedly at everything, he turned to the graves, and cried, as if addressing the occupants, "'John Longworth! Juddy! Mother! What do you think o' this? It's welly as fine as your own place, isn't it? Beautiful for situation! The jay of the whole earth is Mount Zion!' But Silas's excitement had exhausted him, and as he sank down upon a gravestone, Long Ben came forward and led him towards his house. Aunt Judy and Mrs. Johnty Harrop were in possession, and whilst they had polished up all the old bits of furniture that were worth keeping, and had arranged them as nearly as possible in the old places, they had added a great many new things, and waited to have their reward in seeing Silas's surprise. When he approached the house and first realised what had been done, his face was a picture. Perplexity, astonishment, and delight followed each other on his withered face, and passing inside he dropped into a big armchair, the gift of the schoolmistress, and burst into sobs, crying out through his tears, More nor we can ask or think! More nor we can ask or think! The opening service was a never-to-be-forgotten triumph. The chairman of the district preached, 
the band achieved its most complete success the anthem given by the united band and choir filled the preacher with most satisfactory astonishment and all the visitors with the exception of a few envious clough enders expressed their admiration of the improvements after the evening service the super announced that the collections had far exceeded expectations and that in fact the chapel was opened without a penny of debt upon it at which glad tidings congregation and choir and band and committee and all combined sent up such a doxology that jethro declared and surely we could have no better judge i thought i were floating into heaven and jethro was nearly a prophet for others at any rate if not for himself for when the congregation was dispersing aunt judy came hurrying into the vestry and beckoned jabe and his co-steward out silas it appeared had been quite carried away by the last doxology and the excitement had been too much for him so that after opening the doors for the people to pass out he hurried to his cottage and fell down in a dead swoon the doctor who was of course on the premises was in almost instant attendance but from the first gave little hope and jabe and the rest passed in a moment from elevated delight to fear and sorrow silas was laid on a long settle and everything that could be suggested was got or done to relieve him after half an hour's anxious waiting he moved a little and presently opened his eyes but instead of noticing any one he fixed his gaze on the opposite wall suddenly his countenance brightened he moved his hand as though he would have pointed and cried eh what a big un this is niver our chapel and then he paused and presently broke out again bless thee grace as thou come to the opening and your mother and your john longworth wait till they open the door na then na then and as he spoke silas's chapel doors did open and the dear old saint entered into the joy of his lord end of clog shop chronicles by john ackworth